You are listening to The Exchange. I'm your host, Dr. Lorraine. Good afternoon, podcast listeners. Today, I am elated to have my special guest, Sister Shelly Kuhn, who is a pastor's wife and the creator of The Goodness Margin. There are so many things that I have been wanting to ask her, and now I get my opportunity. So this is it. Sister Shelly Kuhn, thank you so much for being my guest today. Welcome to The Exchange Podcast. Thank you. I'm so delighted to be here with you. Well, I wanted to talk about, first of all, I wanted people to know who you are. And since you are the creator of The Goodness Margin, I wanted you to tell us about your ministry, about your family, about anything unique about you that you wanted to share before we kind of go into where The Goodness Margin came from. So why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Okay, sure. So um I've been married. March will be the March 15th will be 20 years to my husband Lane. Um, We've officially been together longer than I I was single. We've crossed Mm -hmm. that mark. And um, I have two kids. I have a son, Wyatt, who was 16 and a daughter, Elsie, who was seven. And eight years ago, we planted a church here and on the north side of Atlanta in Swanee, Georgia. And it's, it's just been an exciting journey. And so, uh, as we'll talk about a little bit later, the goodness margin has just been something that sort of has always been in my life, a part Mm -hmm. of who I am. Uh, but then it became a blog and YouTube and all of those other things. So, uh, my husband and I are involved in a lot of different things. Um, I have a couple of different jobs that I do. Uh, thankfully I get to work remotely, Mm-hmm. Um, but I feel like in our lives, all of the things sort of blend together. So really ministry encompasses most of what we do in life. Okay. Awesome. And the goodness margin is available on so many different platforms. And so I know that you'd mentioned you have a blog and then mm-hmm. it's also YouTube. And then I first saw you on Instagram. So you have all of these really cool videos and these cool tips that you give on the goodness margin. And so people are able to reach you in many different capacities. Is there any other platform that I'm missing that you are on as well, other than YouTube and and Instagram, Facebook? Is that right? You are also on Facebook? mm -hmm. There's the Facebook group. And then I have a website. And on that website, it's just thegoodnessmargin.com. And you can find links there to all all of the places that I'm at. Awesome. Well, let's go ahead and talk about where the goodness margin began. How did this whole concept kind of come to you? And, and you know, you have, I don't know how many followers on Facebook and all, all these different platforms, but it has really grown um, over time. So tell us how it started. Well, uh, quite a few years ago, well, really my entire life, I've enjoyed things, my personality, I enjoy things to be neat and tidy. And I think that the, mm-hmm. that most of us do, but um, I'm probably more naturally someone who who leans towards things that are neat and tidy and in order. But uh, 2017, I had our church was two years old. I had an almost two year old, and life was just beginning to feel really, really overwhelming. I had realized that uh, my anxiety levels were not in a healthy place, and there were a lot of things just because life had sort of. Um, we laugh about it because when we had our first child. I quit my job. I stayed home. It was like life just sort of stopped and I became a mom. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Well, when Elsie was born, we just sort of threw her into the mix of all of the things that were happening <laughs> and life just continued on. And so I felt like things had really started to build up and there was just a lot of stress. And so I began to really look back in the routines and things that some of them I'd had in place before, but a lot of them sort of needed to change because life was a lot busier than it had ever been before mm-hmm. um, between the church and having two kids. And I was doing an online school program with my son. And so I just began to really get serious about implementing some of those routines again. And you know, when something, when you're passionate about something, you talk to your friends about it. So I had friends just naturally asking me about different routines I had. Mm -hmm. And then um, I discovered minimalism in 2018. It was just sort of the next layer of really what that is. And I had sort of thought of it before you may have heard me say that like the white box, you know, everything's from Ikea and it's just, you have no decorations. That's what minimalism is. And that's not what it is. It's really just focusing on the important things, prioritizing the stuff that we own, Mm. because let's be honest, as Americans, we all own way too much (laughs) stuff, you know? And so I just started getting rid of things. And I started this small little Facebook group um, of just some friends and they invited a few. So it was just, it stayed a pretty small group. And then in 2019, at the end of every year, my husband and I meet and talk about goals that we have for the next year. Mm -hmm. And I had had a goal to start a blog years ago, but through this um, concept of so much joy that I found in sharing the concept of minimalism and sharing about my routines, I knew that that's what I wanted to do a blog on. And my husband, he's the big picture guy. He's also knows uh, way more about technology than I do. Uh, He just said, okay, you need to do YouTube too. That's kind of where it's at. So we started that in 2020 and our, the first um, YouTube video and the first blog post went out the beginning of February of 2020. And then of course, March, 2020, the world shuts down and everyone is home with our stuff. And that is sort of where I feel like my, uh, it, my things started to grow because all of a sudden people, everyone's home with all of their stuff. And they're like, Hey, this is a great time for us to start going through things. And so that's sort of where the goodness margin began. And it has, um, while I definitely don't have a huge account or anything like that. Um, it's definitely grown further than I thought it would, you know, I thought it would be like my mom and my two best friends (laughs) that would be following along. But there are people all over the place who are like, we need to get ourselves organized. And so, you know, when I think about you, I I can't ever say that I've um, paid too much attention, but I have heard, you know, Marie Kondo, is that how you say her name? I'm Mm -hmm. thinking about her as in that was kind of a big thing of like, we need to, and you know, my own mother has mentioned that and she's really into the whole, we need to just use the things that the bare minimum things that we need and get organized. Because like Mm -hmm. you said, we just, we have so much stuff. And so, um, and that creates a lot of just a lot of chaos, a lot of stuff. So I wanted to ask you, what has been the the greatest blessing that has come out of this ministry? Because it really is a ministry. I mean, it is a ministry. There's no doubt whatsoever. Yeah. It's not just something that you kind of just do, you know, on your spare time. This is something that you are passionate about and it is helping so, so many people, um, especially during that time during COVID. So what has been the biggest blessing? So I would say the biggest blessing has been, um, people that come up to me and share the, the difference that it's made. And that's the thing is I'm not 
sharing stuff that I'm like, Hey, I heard about this. I mean, there's occasion that I may say, well, someone tried this and I'm just sharing this, but the routines I have and the concept of minimalism that, that I have adopted is something that I live like, and mm-hmm. these things have made a difference in my own life and I need them in my life. And so um, sharing those things with other people and having uh, recently, I had a young mom with tears in her eyes. I mean, she was like this, I started doing the nightly routine. She said it changed our life because we had a baby and I believe like the house was always a mess. And so my husband started helping me with this and I feel like it's changed my life. And I had a, um, a lady who her husband recently retired. And so they're home with their stuff. And so it's just like the, it, it spans all ages. Mm-hmm. Um, she's trying to get rid of things, knowing that their life, they may not have a whole lot of time left and they don't want to leave all of this stuff to their kids. And then there's thankfully been an opportunity to get to share with people, because like I said, I am passionate about this. And I do believe that, um, I mean, obviously you don't have to do everything that I say, but there are some concepts that I truly believe can make a difference in your life. And I'm thankful for the opportunities that I've had to share those. So I wanted to know that you mentioned some of your nightly routines, sharing some of your nightly routines and some of your other things and that people have really had success with that. So I want to know what are your five all-time practical tips um, that you do in your own life that help you to be organized in your home? So if you had just five, and I know there's so many tips that you give to people (laughs) daily basis. I mean, I know that would be, but what are the five? If you had just pick down five of the practical tips, what would you say to our listeners? Okay. So I would say that, um, in no certain order, um, five things, uh, one of those would be the nightly routine. It's the nightly mm-hmm. pickup. So okay. preparing the night before for the next day. And it looks, it's looked different in my life. Um, there's been a time that, uh, my kids have left the home and the next day, like they've gone to school right now, they're doing an online school. And so mm-hmm. it looks different lunch prep and all of that stuff. So whatever that looks like for you, um, the biggest thing is resetting your house. For me, that's the, the main level of my home. Mm-hmm. When I walk downstairs in the mornings to do my prayer and devotion and get my coffee, I don't want to see a mess. I don't want to see a sink full of dishes that mm-hmm. I think I need to do that rather than I need to go pray. And that may sound not very spiritual, but that's just the reality of it. Like you're that's over your head um, for me. And so it's a huge thing to get up the next day and not have the stuff from yesterday that's hanging over you. Mm-hmm. You've already taken care of that stuff. And so if you have kids that are in school, getting their backpack together, putting their shoes by the door. Cause I don't know about you, but like, um, like my kids, their shoes like disappear on Sunday morning. <laughs> you know, if I'm waiting till, till like <laughs> we have to leave, I'm like, where, where were the shoes that I know? And we're, you know, we're minimalists, So we don't like have a whole lot. I'm like, I need this pair. Um, but getting all of that stuff prepared for the next day, that is a really huge weight off of your shoulders. If you wake up a little bit late, you already have your clothes ready. You already have things prepared. You're ready to go. And so preparing the night before, that's a huge thing. Um, the next thing would be in our homes, everything having a home. So we can put mm-hmm. things back where they belong because they have a place that they belong. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we don't have a junk drawer. Okay. Now I've got this drawer that has a little place and it's got some random pens and highlighters, but 
there's not just like a drawer that we just stick stuff in because I want everything to have a place that it goes and it has a home. So when I go to put it away, I know where it goes. When I go to get it, I know where it's supposed to be. Mm-hmm. That is another thing. Um, the third thing I would say is that adopting that concept of minimalism, when we have less stuff, we have less to clean up. Mm-hmm. We have less to take care of. Um, and things are naturally more organized. You don't really have to develop really complicated organizational systems. If you open a cabinet and it has just the right amount of things, rather than if you need to have all of these stackers and all of this, because you're trying to cram a bunch of stuff into a space. And so, um, having less, it just really, really makes our lives a whole lot easier. Um, the fourth thing I would say is having simple cleaning routines where that you are resetting and putting everything back. I have a little system for, um, and I've kind of bumped it up a little bit where that Sunday nights I clean our bathroom. It just makes it easy for me. And it's just, okay, I'm gonna do that before I go to bed. Um, mm-hmm. Mondays, I vacuum and dust the upstairs, which is our bedrooms. Um, the That's how our house is set up. And then downstairs is the main living space. And that's what I do on Tuesdays. I did that before I hopped on this with you. Um, and then I can have the rest of the week to catch up if I need to. And then in the weekend, I do a house reset. And so we can have these little piles of things that just sort of live there. Mm-hmm. But if we have a time that we go through and we know we're going to clean things, it makes it so much easier to keep the house clean because you're cleaning it every week. You're, you're addressing the clutter piles at least once a week. So having those simple cleaning routines takes much less time than if I put it off for a while. Um, and then last is sort of a maintenance mode thing that really thinking about the things that we bring into our home. Um, Mm. when I'm shopping, am I just buying this because it looks really cool? I mean, I don't, (laughs) our, um, home goods, it's a home goods, TJ Maxx. It has like this huge aisle that you go down and like turn around and the checkout line, it doesn't matter when you go, it's super, super long. And it always has like all of this stuff that I'm like, yeah. I didn't even know that was a thing. Maybe <laughs> I need this. Like, and I have to talk to myself, like, do I need this? Have I ever thought about right. owning this thing until I just saw it right now? Um, it's, they're very, very genius in all of the <laughs> things that they put there. And so just really thinking about the stuff that we're bringing into our home, um, not just buying things to buy things. Even if someone wants to give you a lot of stuff, hmm. thank you. Maybe I don't need all of the things. Um, I had someone that was so, so kind. Their daughter wore this particular style of dress and it was, it would fit my daughter. And she gave me 30 of them. Wow. And which seems like a huge blessing. The reality is my daughter yeah. is seven. I think she was six at the time. She doesn't need 30 new dresses. Like she had enough and they were like kind of play dresses too. Mm-hmm. And so, um, we picked three of them, which was, we, I do laundry every day it was a perfect amount. And I asked her if she wanted me to return them to her or if she wanted me to give them to someone else, like, thank you so much. I really appreciate it. And she was not offended at all. She understood we didn't need 30. And so rather than just taking those and then her closet being overwhelming, you know, think about the stuff we're bringing in our house. So I would say those would be five things I could think of. I love that. One of the things that you just mentioned, the first thing is you're talking about your kids that, you know, they don't know where their shoes are. And I'm thinking 
I'm an adult and sometimes I'm going through Sunday morning church and I'm like, where is my shoe? You know, but of course I feel sometimes like, I think I know what I'm going to wear, but I'm not sure what I'm going to wear, but just those simple things of like, I have my shoes out and I know exactly what I'm going to wear. And so it doesn't take me forever to get dressed, feel like the pressure of like, I'm going to run late. I still got to do this because I already know like, this is there and I'm not hunting for my one shoe that's underneath the bed. I already have it out. (laughs) So I love that. And I was thinking too, I just went to the store not too long ago. And that aisle, like you said, I, it was like Burlington for me, like, do I really need this? But they really do get you in that whole, like, wow, that's some cool stuff. But I love that you said that, like, do I really need this? Is this something that I really have to have? Or is it just something that I just saw? randomly. And I'm like, Mm -hmm. Hey, I want that. So those are really great tips that she mentioned. And I think that, um, you know, thinking about, do we really need 30 dresses and especially, you know, of our kids, um, I don't have kids at the moment, but just thinking like your daughter is growing, is she going to wear those 30 Mm -hmm. dresses, you know, just growing and, and not using them. But what do you suggest? Do you go to the Goodwill often? Do you give them to other people? Like if you have a lot of things in the house, like what do you usually do with like things that you can't use? Um, there's a variety of ways and it's really according to, um, you and how much time you have. I have a pretty, um, small threshold for things that I'm willing to sell. I typically donate most things. Um, I do sell some stuff on Poshmark. It's a site that I found is super easy to Mm -hmm. do it on your phone. And that's for like things that are better brands. Um, you make a, a percentage of it, but they do all of that. And that seems pretty easy. And actually recently. Um, I went on there and took like four things off that had been on there for six months and they hadn't sold yet. And I just gave those, I just donated those things because like they were just taking up space. And mm-hmm. so I typically try to find, um, there are a few people I know that are like a similar size. And so I can give things away. Um, I donate a lot of things we actually, and I'm sure that um, you could utilize Google and find this in your area. We have a a woman's, it's actually a shelter for, um, for anyone who is displaced. And so we can really donate anything. And they also do like household items. And once a month, they come and pick it up at my door. In fact, I have a notification tomorrow night, I will sit it out because sometimes they come pretty early and you just put a bag or a box out and label it and they pick it up and take it and leave like a little receipt in your door. Um, So there's a lot of really easy ways. I do recommend that, especially if you are just getting started that you find a place to donate your things and get them out of your house as quickly as possible. Like don't let it pile up because you may start second guessing yourself and Mm -hmm. thinking, well, maybe I'm going to keep these things or you just end up moving your clutter from one space to another. I mean, I don't know. I um, recently, someone sent me a little clip of a comedian talking about the levels of trash and how that when they end up in your garage, like your stuff, mm-hmm. they just like live there forever, you know, because <laughs> like stuff will, I know even in our house and I try to be so um, intentional, but if it ends up in the garage, like not in the trash or not in the car, yeah. it's just going to like hang out there in mm-hmm. that one spot until once a year when we go through and do a garage clean out. Um, and so Uh, Facebook marketplace is a great place to sell like furniture or mirrors, or I've sold my daughter's like baby bed, like things like that. But I think sometimes we, we can sometimes look at stuff and because we value it. And so we're like, Oh, someone else would value it. 
you want to sell it for a price that someone's quickly going to come pick it up for. Mm -hmm. And it may be something that you just need to donate or give away. Um, For me, if I can't sell it for more than like $40, I'm probably going to donate it. Give it away. Give away. Yeah. All right. Those are really wonderful, helpful tips. Those five practical tips. Um, I wanted to go into my next question. I know you kind of touched on this in the beginning, but I, and how this kind of create, how this, the goodness margin started, but I wanted to know, um, how are these practical tips? How have they helped you in your own life, um, like mental health wise? And I know you kind of mentioned that to finance, ministry, family. So what kinds of ways have these tips been of help to you personally? Well, um, I mean, science shows that physical clutter is mental clutter. Um, right. There have been a lot of studies and you can easily find those online showing that we are naturally overwhelmed. I mean, especially like children, sometimes going into a playroom where there's so much stuff, they're hardly going to play. But if you give them this one basket of things, they could play for Mm -hmm. a really long time. And so um, as adults, we're the same way. We can be overwhelmed with too much stuff. And I feel like our house, for me, my home is a a safe place. I want Mm -hmm. my home to be a peaceful place, not somewhere that I walk in and I feel stressed, that I feel overwhelmed. And I think sometimes we can bring that anxiety onto ourselves, or at least maybe we already deal with anxiety. We can raise that level by feeling overwhelmed um, by just all of the things in our home. And then another huge part of this, because minimalism is sort of gone into every part of my life using the word priority, when we prioritize our time, We can overwhelm ourselves with our schedules, or maybe our schedule isn't even that overwhelming, but we haven't taken the time to sit down and plan things out. I'm a huge fan. I mean, it's sitting right beside me of a planner. I use a planner every single day. And it's not because I'm just like the busiest person in the world. It's because I want to know what do I need to get done? What is reasonable for me to get it done today? Mm -hmm. And then when am I done for the day? Like I want to be able to check those things off to shut down. And I'm not always the best person with that because I'm thinking, oh, I can do something else, you know, but sometimes (laughs) I need to just shut down and know that I'm done for the day. And um, because I do talking with people, I realize that there are so many of us that deal with, with anxiety. And a lot of it is because it's our, it's our environment, whether it's physical, whether it's all of the, the pressures we put on ourselves to get an enormous amount of things done when we can't do it all. I mean, I hear these things. Um, I don't know, this may be a touchy subject, but you know, like women, you can have it all. You can have that. Well, actually you can't like, no one can have it all. You have to pick your priorities. Everything can't be a priority. Right. And so it changes in different stages of life. What are your Mm -hmm. priorities? Uh, My daughter is seven now and she's getting to the age where she's a lot more independent. And I've been able to say yes to a few more things that I couldn't say when she say yes to when she was three, mm-hmm. because taking her with me to do something like that would have just been a disaster. But now like she's seven, she's more independent. She can be more helpful. And so our priorities change in life, but really I know for me, it has made a huge difference in my own mental health to um, minimize the stuff I have to clean up, to minimize the stuff I have to take care of in my house it's less time for organizing because I'm not reorganizing things so often mm-hmm. because they're easier to organize. And um, 
moving into prioritizing my time that has made a, a massive difference in my mental health for sure. That is so wonderful that you have mentioned that. And as you know, the exchange podcast, a lot of the things that we are kind of trying to do is about mental health. And it is so true. And this is one of the reasons why I love that you are my guest today is because it really is about de-stressing your life and being coming organized is helping you to take away the anxiety, the overwhelmingness. And when you're able to organize it, it doesn't feel so overwhelming. And so I love that you said that because it really helps you um, also know, like, I've got all the things done and then I can do some self-care. Now I can kind of take, you know, some time to myself and I need to read a book or I need to kind of, you know, restart my own brain, and my own emotions and kind of do all those things. But also it makes us more productive, like we're just better at everything and effective, efficient, and whether it's being a mom or a wife or at your job or just all the things that you do at the pastor's wife or in ministry, it just makes us better when we have things organized and they're not over our head feeling like, uh, you know, the weight of like, I've got all these things to do and I don't know how, you know, all this stuff. So um, yes, that, that is such a wonderful thing that you are helping people with, with this ministry, the goodness margin. So I definitely appreciate that. Um, So I wanted to go into um, one of my last questions and I'm Speaking about that, I wanted to talk about what are some of the biblical principles, because you are a minister's wife, we are apostolic, and the biblical, the biblical principles, forgive me, that you can share about organization. And so there is a lot of, of uh, cornerstones and a lot of really foundational things that come from biblical principles when we're talking about becoming organized. And there's many, many scriptures that come to mind, but I wanted you just to share that with us. Um, absolutely. So um, we can see throughout the word of God that God is a God of order. Yes. Um, the children of Israel, I recently heard um, someone talk about how that they have to be organized enough to follow the cloud. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, that's, it's so true to think of that. Like you had all of these people and all of their animals and all of their children and all of their belongings, there had to be some sort of process. And we can look at the tabernacle. There was a process of order that, that God went through, um, looking at creation itself, there was, there was order in that. And so I feel like, um, the, the theme of order is throughout the word of God. It's not, God is not a God of chaos or confusion. Um, Mm. we've probably all been in situations where we felt spiritually that chaos and confusion and realized, okay, something not good is happening here because, God is not a God of chaos, right? God is not a God of disorder. That is the opposite of who he is. Mm -hmm. And I have seen in um, my own life and in the lives of others that we can be better ministers, that we can be better Christians really Mm -hmm. by having things in our life in order. Um, You had asked me about how that it affects ministry and by prioritizing the important things, because sometimes we do try to do it all. I know that, um, with church planting, you know, it's, we, we moved here and it was my husband and myself and our son. And like, those were our three original members. 
for a long time, those were the only three that we knew for sure would be there on Sunday. You know, um, mm-hmm. our son was eight. He, he did our media because he was the most faithful member of our church <laughs> other than us. And so um, we were cautioned, though, like really great words of advice were you will see all the things that you think a church needs to be but you need to be really careful about what you decide that this is a ministry we're going to start. Um, our mm-hmm. church is eight years old. And last year we, it was the first time we started a ladies ministry oh. because it was just the t- the right time to do mm-hmm. it. And I'm over several ministries right now at the church. And so it just wasn't the right time to do that. Um, because we can overwhelm ourselves by saying, I need to do all of these things. And so um, I believe in ministry, we can prioritize the important things. And I mean, just the simple, simple concepts of being on time for church. Um, You know, I shared earlier about the the nightly routine. And recently I did a reel on Instagram about my Saturday night routine, which is sort of the evening routine, but kind of bumped up a little bit. Like I make sure that clothes if it's cold tights and mm-hmm. shoes and everything for every person right now, it's just myself and my daughter. Cause my son is 16. He can totally get his own stuff, but I make sure my iPads are plugged in and charged. And if I'm taking anything to church, it is sitting right here on the counter mm-hmm. because I must be on time. Like I'm our, I'm our worship leader. And so I tell my team they have to be on time. So that means I need to be early. Right. Um, And when I shared that routine, I had so much response because people were either like, oh my word, I've got to start doing that. Or yes, this is the only way that I'm ever at church on time. And so just the simple things of being able to be there on time, that's a big deal. It it affects what ministries we can be involved in. It affects our influence with others. And so um, by organizing our life and in all of the different ways, I believe that we can be better ministers. Um, I believe that we can have the reason that, um, that I named my blog, uh, the goodness margin is I wanted to have margin in my life for the good things. I felt Mm -hmm. like my life was just so packed full that I needed to make that margin. And even in my week, I schedule the majority of the things earlier in the week because life happens. And so if your week is totally full, then you allow no room for anything additional to happen. So either like you'll have an emergency and then you won't get your stuff done, or there'll be a God moment where there's something that you um, need to spend some more time with someone or some uh, single mom in your church is sick. And you were like, man, I wish I could make her dinner, but I don't even have time to make my own family dinner. Mm-hmm. And so I feel like that we can find those moments easier when we're not so stressed out, when we're not so overwhelmed. I love the fact that you mentioned the margin of goodness. And, you know, I going back to what you said earlier about um, some that you can't have it all. You know, you, there are different seasons in your life that you can have. You have to just prioritize. 
and you know some things you have to prioritize but it doesn't always have to be the same thing all the time you know your kids are little you'll have to prioritize them as they get older you know they become more independent and so maybe your priority is going to switch and your stuff but everything has a certain focus in a certain season of your life but I think that it's so important that you mentioned that making even no matter what season you are in your life that you're creating this um, organization so that you have a margin of goodness so that you have that time to do the things that you need to do and also for your own mental well-being for your own spiritual well-being and Mm -hmm. then again you know being able to just be an effective minister so I love all of the things that you know the good goodness margin represents and uh, how much it's just helping people to really focus on being just effective in all aspects of their life, not just like in their home, but just, you know, making time to get stuff done that you need to get done so we can get to the good stuff, the good margin, yeah. the good stuff, the good stuff, the self-care. Um, so as we're kind of starting to end wrapping up this podcast interview, and I've just so enjoyed talking to you today, I wanted to ask if there's any last closing remarks or anything that you want to share with our audience about organization, about anything really, about being more effective minister, about anything that you just feel in your heart today. Is there anything that you wanted to share? Yeah, so I was kind of thinking through as I was as I was sharing, I just want to be sure to point out that we can do all the right things and we can have our house like totally tidy all the time and, you know, have our calendar scheduled perfectly and all of that. That does not mean that there will not still be some times of feeling overwhelmed or feeling Mm -hmm. that kind of burn of anxiety and like, okay, where is this coming from? That is still going to happen. I would love to tell you that I have figured it out and it never happens to me. But there will be times I'll be in a certain season. Actually, recently, there was like all of the things were happening at once. Um, We had stuff for the church. I had stuff for our district. I had work stuff going on from two different jobs that were kind of converging at the same time. And it just, there was nothing I could really do to to make it go away. There -hmm. were all things Mm -hmm. I had to do and things that I wanted to do. And so I for several days was like, deep breaths, you know, feeling that overwhelmed, that's going to happen, but that still will happen. But I feel like we can create tools to manage those situations better. And to know that that's not how we live. Like we don't want to live on fire. We're going to have seasons where that we're really busy. We're going to have seasons where we can have a little bit more rest. Um, And one of the very practical things that I do during the times that I feel that whole overwhelm of there's so many things is I just grab like a yellow notepad and I just start writing down all of the things that I, that are on my brain. Okay. These Mm -hmm. are the things I need to get done. Um, it may be that I realize my daughter is growing out of her shoes and I need to do that. And it may be a much larger project than that, but there, you know, there's all of these things just swirling around out here and I call it a brain dump and (laughs) just write it all down and then prioritize that list. Okay. This looks like a lot but what are the things actually need to get done? Some of them can be done in just a few minutes. You mark them off. That feels good. Okay. I've done that. Um, But just cautioning you to know that even if you, if someone feels overwhelmed, it doesn't mean you're doing something wrong. That's still going to happen, but we can definitely 
create tools and utilize those in our own life to, to minimize how often that that happens. We can't live like that. I, that is so true because it's like you, we can only do what we can do. And then Mm -hmm. there are some situations that are with beyond our control, but the fact that we know that we are doing our part, that we are, you know, doing what we can to minimize it. Like you said, it doesn't, it's life. And it doesn't mean that we're Mm -hmm. going to be completely void. There's nothing that we can do. Like you said, things just pile up and stuff happens and you just have to roll with the punches. But like you said, it's not where you live. It's just, you know, these occasional things that kind of happen, but where you live is usually pretty, you know, it's more of a steady road Mm -hmm. than this kind of crazy out of control kinds of things. Um, So yeah, thank you for sharing that because you know, people think, well, just because I do all of these things means that it's all going to be good, but you know, it's, it's life, life happens. And my sort of thing is I think of when you know better, you do better. Mm -hmm. And, um, that has been the biggest thing that I have learned is when we know better, we can do better. When we know how to organize things, when we are watching the goodness margin and seeing all the things that you're doing, and we know how to do better then we know what to do, then we can do better. And so um, I absolutely appreciate that you are, you're helping people to, to reach this goal in their life. So thank you, Sister Shelley. I'm so glad that you were able to come on with me and I feel so honored that I got to talk to you today. And so to all of our podcast listeners on the exchange, please tune into the Goodness Margin and you will learn all these very interesting tips and um, helps to make you more efficient uh, mom, wife, minister, um, and just in general, just help you to be a better Christian. I really feel like that, that really is the goal of this all together. So thank you so much, Sister Shelley. I hope to have you on at some other time, giving us some more tips and stuff about how to make our lives more effective and efficient. So all of our podcast listeners on the exchange, this is Dr. Lorraine. God bless you all.